very good evening to you and welcome to the program, Niger at Sunset. My name is Ponsak Fanab. Today is 6th of December, 2022. Gilbert Joseph is here. Good evening and how's it going, Gilbert? Nothing short of good. Um, an eventful day, I must say. Um, one that I've had to, as well, try to take care of a few things that I regard myself. Yeah. Um, health. Health is nothing to, you know, toy with. And I think today was one of those days that I had to pay particular attention. Of course. To, yeah. <laughs> Very important. I felt some um, <laughs> some body language. Yeah. And then I had to respond as quick as possible in order to, you know, tame what I could tame. And to the glory of God, I think I'm better. I'm all right. Well, uh, we're, we're thankful for health, uh, Gilbert. Yeah. Yeah, well, a uh, lot of stories that we're following, but... Uh, the Honorable Ishaya, it's a group, you know, the APC, uh, have has again, you know, uh, taken their matter to the Court of Appeal for uh, what they term lack of honoring agreement. They made an agreement, you know, entered an agreement with the mainstream APC of uh, uh, Rufus Bature to, and part of the terms of agreement, you know, at the time was that they are going to give them one national officer, one uh, advisor, and then they'll pay the legal fees, you know, the, that costs Honorable Ishai it's a, uh, litigation. But he wasn't honored. And Ishai had said, you know, feel that, no, it's a smack of injustice and disrespect. And he, he has approached the Court of Appeal to say, uh, I need to address, I need you to address this, you know, matter for me. And from what we can, I can gather is that all of, you know, the parties involved have been, you know, served. For me, people like uh, Ishai, it's, uh, especially in political parties, I love people who dare and try justice uh, and, you know, want to get justice no matter what it's going to cost them. Those are the kind of people that truly, you know, support democracy and make sure that justice and equity uh, is what are the foundation the society is built upon. Uh, so for me, it's, it's, it's a good one, you know, from uh, Honorable Ishai, you know, uh, it's, uh, you remember him uh, during the conduct of uh, congresses of the APC. For me, that is a good one. And if he feels cheated, I mean, the most civil thing to do is to approach the court, and he has done so. True. Um, for him to have done that, it probably means that they've got documented evidence and agreement signed by the both parties, and he feels that um, he's entitled to some form of justice that he hasn't been able to get from the party. And that's in itself an orderly conduct, because... At the end of the day, if you're looking for justice, uh, the obvious place to make out for is the temple of justice. And he has done that. So, um, well, well, let's hope yeah. um, they're able to sort their differences out and uh, move on to other issues. Of course. Well, uh, give it the Chatham House uh, engagement of uh, Ashwajibola Ahmed Tinubu. Uh, who was delegating questions, you know, to some of his loyalists. I thought that my dear governor, the DJ of his campaign, will be assigned a question. I didn't even see him in Chatham House. And the rumors, you know, have it that uh, he may be blocked by one of uh, his governor's colleagues. Uh, that's a rumor, you know, that we, we're, we're getting, you know, at this time. But I feel that as DJ, you know, campaign of, 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 of a presidential campaign, the candidate should say, okay, my DG can answer, and it's going to show that there's synergy. People are working in concert, in unison. But when you see that happen, it shows you that maybe Ashwaju 
is doubting the capacity of Governor Simon Bafolalong. Uh, or maybe the team of Ashwaju, you know, doesn't want, don't want, you know, to give Governor Lalong, the DG of Tinubu, full access uh, so that they can, uh, Lalong is going to feel, you know, uh, among. Because in the top structure of the campaign, he's the only northern Christian, let me use the language of Babachi David Lawal, uh, Gilbert. The problem is with Governor Lalong, it, um, it's something that is beginning to seem like a deja vu. You know, lots of the questions that have come um, towards him are the fact that he wasn't trusted enough, even when he, he was first appointed chairman of the Northern Governors Forum. And, I mean, what more evidence can you be looking for aside um, the fact that he's been obviously um, been denied? Should I use the word denied? The vice presidency. And then many people asked this question. The letters of uh, the individuals in that series is, of course, uh, Most Reverend Dr. Gideon Paramalam, who was here and asked a similar question about the capabilities of Governor Simon Bakulalong and how well or how much is being trusted. Right? If the argument for the APC is that he's not going to be able to deliver um, the reasonable quantum of votes they're needing, then there is an exercise of which we saw at Chatham House, where his intellect would have come in handy. So the question is, how well do they trust his intellect? Or what exactly were the duties he was delegated to be able to carry out in London? Because I did see images of him in London. But then at Chatham House, like I was telling you, my observation was that Dave Omahi was there. I did see him, even though he didn't say anything. But Governor Samuel was nowhere, nowhere near the cameras there. So it's raised a lot of puzzles, and I think they're really critical questions For me, that even, at this point, yeah. he needs to answer. Even he if, needs to answer, not even, even allowing spokespersons. Yeah, yesterday, yesterday, you know, a video emerged on the internet, Tinubu dancing, Buka, you know, and they were, you know, eating dinner. I, I, I wish to maybe see my governor there. It's going to give me a sense of belonging to say, ah, there's my governor, the DG of... Uh, campaign, but maybe you know, like I said, maybe the core guys, the Mbano Nanuga, you know, them uh, daily, daily, daily like he's daily been like busy. Like he was busy. Uh, governor, uh, governor, Babajide Sanwulu. Sanwulu, you know, and you know, all of the rest. Maybe they are, uh, they don't want to give Governor Lalong full access, or maybe he's just a pawn, uh, so that he's going to you know make the campaign look a little bit uh, good. I, I do not know. But for me, at least, you know, Governor Lalong, uh, uh, the presidential candidate of the APC, should have given Governor Lalong some questions. Although some Nigerians, you know, knock uh, uh, Tinubu uh, over that by assigning, you know, uh, questions to his uh, loyalists, you know, to uh, answer. But I, I thought that Governor Lalong should be able to, you know, answer one or two questions. At least he's going to... Uh, is going to clear any doubt about his competence, you know, and is going to make people know that, okay, truly he's the DJ of uh, Tinubu campaign. But like when that um, session was going on, it started while we were here to begin the program yesterday. Yeah. And then eventually we had to cut short, you know, whatever interest we may have had in that particular session. But I took my time out again to rewatch everything. And it was shocking, the unbridled use of power that Ashwajibola Agmetunubo exercised.
by requesting that the governor of Lagos State, Babajide Sanwolu, stands up. And then he made a case of him, right, of his legacies in Lagos. This is a serving governor, right? What's, if you look at the manner in which that was done, I was shocked. I wouldn't lie to you. Because at first, I was like, okay, is he going to direct a question at this man to answer? And then he said, of course, this is an example of a youth and how the youthful populace would have a say in his government. And that the man has been able to carry on with his legacy. Sanwolu, you know, young person? I, I don't know. I don't know what exactly the point he intended to um, score with that move. But the fact that he was able to do that with every audacity, even a president has no right to speak to a governor in that fashion or to address a governor in that fashion. And you could see that the man had submitted himself in such inglorious manner and then he stood up with huge smiles on his face, accepting that, you know, ah. Yeah, well, on to other matters. What stories have you been following today, Gilbert? The NBA, there's some disquiet in the NBA. And, of course, today um, there was yet another round of um, call to bar. Some layers were called to, uh, into the Nigerian bar. Was it today or yesterday? Today. Today. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> fortunately, how many, unfortunately. How many lawyers are we, you know, producing? Lawyers are just too many, but we're blessed to have them. Yeah. Look, if you look at what the CGN said, if, and if you just graduated from law school listening to me, don't think about litigation. Think about ADR. That is where your senior colleague, people who are uh, 20, 25 years, you know, in practice, that is where they're vying to because uh, litigation, clients have known that, you know, litigation costs money and ADR, you know, is less expensive, you know, uh, because the story of mankind is that of conflict and we always want to, you know, stretch, uh, flex our muscle, <laughs> you know. Uh, so don't think about litigation. Don't think about wearing a wig, you know, and a gown every day to court. Uh, it's old-fashioned law pr uh, practice anywhere in the world. The world has moved on. Human beings have alternative ways to s resolve any conflict that they may be having uh, right now. You have the multi-door uh, courthouse, you know, system here in Plato State, uh, which Santos Larabs, you know, is uh, gracefully uh, a member of. And you have mediators. I think Santos is a chartered mediator, I think. Uh, Santos Ayubata uh, Larab Stanshak sold as uh, a chartered mediator. So uh, these are the kind of you know things that you should focus uh, your attention to. If you think that okay, I'm going to, it's old fashioned. I have a lot of friends who are lawyers and they make fifteen thousand naira a month. That's they true. work in a chamber. Yeah. So That's for me, true. I agree with you. Yeah, I so agree you have you. to be smart. You mm -hmm. got to be smart. Mm -hmm. uh, we were speaking with Professor Namdi Aduba. I think this was two months ago with Doris Zangia. True, and he was you know just like you have suggested, trying to profile some ways out of the legal practice or the conventional legal practice. And then he made some salient points that I think um, uh, pro Professor Aduba is is one consultant that I would always recommend for young lawyers because he has had a handful of uh, ideas to be able to dish out. Because, of course, conventional practice is out of the norm. But like I was saying, Ponsak, the NBA president, Yakubu Michael, and uh, Wale Olani, president of uh, of the body of benchers, you know, one of his eight is it his eight or one of those that have practiced under him, came out with a damning allegation to say that um, she was privy to some information that he did influence some judges to deliver favor favorable judgments for his client. And then there's some form of yes, Wale Olani Pekun. Yes, S A N. Yes. So 
that has continued to generate some heated um, disquiet amongst them. And Yakubu Mekia has asked for Wale Olanupekunsan to resign or to even come out to clear his name as against um, the allegations and all whatnot. So he was in charge of um, the call to bar sessions and stuff. And um, unfortunately, unfortunately, rather unfortunately, the NBA president refused to attend because according to him initially, um, Justice Mary Odili should have been allowed as a second-ranking um, of official of the body of benches to conduct their activities. But since he got the intel that Olani Pekun was going to administer the oaths, he then declined to participate or to even go near the venue of the cultubar. And I think that um, this is something that might well consume the body of um, legal practitioners or lawyers in the country if something urgent is not done well. to resolve the issue. Let's talk about, you know, uh, Alhassan Dogwa, you know, uh, threatening. I don't know what's wrong with Kano politicians using uh, insightful language. He spoke in Hausa, Alhassan Dogwa, on Monday in a political rally. Uh, he, he's representing Dogwa to the Wanda Federal constituency in Kano State. And this is what he said. To God who made me on election day, you must vote for APC or we deal with you. I'm saying it again. On election day, you either vote for APC or we deal with you. Repeat after me in Dogwa, either vote for APC or we deal with you. Those are your bosses. It's because people don't understand how democracy works. Mm. Uh, if you work for me and you're saying that I have to do it your way, then I'm going to uh, teach you a lesson. And these are the kind of people that, you know, not, uh, are CSOs. I think INEC should have a prosecution, you know, decks or something. So that Absolutely. They can deal with, you know, cases like this. It's important. You remember the APC chairman of Kano, the sort of statements he made of two course. weeks back. And nothing, as at this day, has been heard again from um, the security agencies as to whether or not he could be prosecuted. He's, it's, it's obvious that he's left with that now. And you have this one coming again. But uh, the good news is that Kano people are known for uh, their staunch religious following of doctrines that they have. Right from Amini Kano, they rather go the opposition way than to uh, be subjected to some form of coercion to do things against their will. You see what they did to Muhammad, President Muhammad Dubari. Of all the times he contested, they kept giving him their votes. And so that's what we're seeing with Kwankwaso again. So regardless of what people, whatever threats leaders of the APC may want to throw at them. I don't think that these guys would um, succumb to any form of threat. They are really a bold set of individuals, a, a really conscious sort of, uh, set of voters, yeah. and would yet see their decisions in the polls. Let's play part of uh, what Tinibu said in Chatham House in London. He talked about his birth, uh, his certificate, you know, saying that everything about him is consistent. Won't come back. Arambo Musa Shams is here with us. Stay here. Recent statutory engagements enactment and allowing the use of technology, the tools for the accreditation of voters and transmission of results, we deliver the fairest and freest election in our nation's history. I stand firmly against all forms of electoral violence and intimidation. The centralized approach to energy policy infrastructure is not an optimal arrangement, and it is unlikely to improve by mere tinkering around the sites. The federal government, as regulator and operator, 
and the price fixer is a broken model. We are sure to fix this. To demonstrate that, I will choose the first question, assign it to Dele Alake, and the second question, assigned to Nasiru Erufai. In the first six months of the Bola Metinogo administration, oil theft would not only be reduced tremendously, the goal is to stop it in its entirety. The record is there. The transcript is there. So in March 1952, I'm not claiming another father. I am Tinobu and Tinobu proper. If they want a DNA, they could as well. Require for one. I see myself as a marketable individual. <laughs> want to use me to make money, and I'm saying no. Yeah, well, glad you're still here. The program is Nigeria at Sunset. My name is Ponsak Fana. And my name is Gilbert Joseph. We have Honorable Musa Shams here. Good evening and thank you very much for coming. Good evening. Thank you for having me. We're supposed to have uh, 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 Tongzum Barde, uh, but unfortunately, he just sent me a text at uh, top of the hour, 5 o'clock, to say that uh, he's bereaved, you know, and is an urgent emergency. Uh, something that is urgent and important. So accept our deepest, deepest condolence, uh, Tongzum Party, and we pray that God will repose the soul of uh, the departed. Well, Musa Shams, you're here. Uh, I don't know which story to. But how do you feel that uh, Ashwaju didn't assign any question to uh, his DG, Governor Lalong, to <laughs> you know, answer? Um, when I stepped in, I heard Gilbert speak about intellectual intellectualism, intellect, intellect, and it, um, it got me, <laughs> it got me, I don't know what, I, I don't even have the right word for it. If you're talking about intellect, there are persons that you can associate such words with. It's quite unfortunate that um, it's just marriage of convenience because people are complaining about the Muslim Muslim ticket. For them to neutralize that, they now made Governor Lalong the only non-Muslim APC governor in Nigeria in northern Nigeria, to be the DG. From what I saw during the campaigns that Masiwaju um, came to Jos, you could see that even the billboards that were placed just after three, four days were removed. You know that it is not a serious movement. You know that, of course, they don't take him serious. That's why he's bringing Dele Alake, his Commission of Strategic Communication, to speak for him. He's bringing Malin Erufai because he knows about his eloquence to speak for him. And this is a man that has not been given any executive powers already. By Nigerians and is assigning responsibilities. It tells you that no, the delegation is part of leadership. No, no, no. When you have the position, it's going to be very, very important. When you have the position, you are going to assemble your lieutenants. You're going to assemble those that will help you achieve your manifesto, those that will help you achieve your goals. But at this level, it is you that is contesting. You should speak to the issues. As we speak, you don't know who is his minister of petroleum. So if you ask him about petroleum exploration. So his aerofighter is going to speak about that. If you ask him about the insecurity in, in Maikatako, the insecurity in Irigui land, the insecurity on the plateau, the Boko Haram issues, is it Dele Alakia that is going to respond? So for me, it is misplaced priority. Just like I sympathize with the man who is supposed to come here, the APC guy, over the death of his relation, I also sympathize with the APC over the death of ideas. I sympathize with the APC for bringing people that are clueless. I am disappointed. It is appalling and it is disheartening that we're facing this 
catastrophic unprecedented display by the APC. How on earth will you go to Chatham House to address the people, to tell them about your mandate, to tell them about your manifesto? Then you are beginning to assign responsibilities to people. If you win the presidency of Nigeria, you cannot do it alone. You will assign people and give them responsibilities. You have ministers, you have senior special assistants, you have special assistants, you have executive secretaries, chairmen of, of ministries, departments, and agencies. But as it stands, Nigerians and the world will want to hear you, your manifesto, what you want to say, what you want to achieve. You could say, I will use this person because of his experience to achieve this and that. You could say, I have understudied the mining activities exploration in Zurak. And if I bring in this person and that person, we'll be able to achieve this and that. But you cannot dodge questions. You cannot run away from questions. Nigeria is bleeding. Nigeria is in no, their need of leadership. I, I, I mean, it, it, could it be that uh, Tinubu wants Nigerians to see that, okay, I have one of the best teams, uh, and leadership is not a one-man show. It's about, you know, a team. When you're contesting the presidency of Nigeria, when you go for the primary election, you go as, uh, as Bola Ahmed Tinubu. That was why when they were counting the votes, you didn't hear his team being counted. You see, Tinubu, Asiwaju, Tinubu, Asiwaju. So if Nigeria fails, for example, you wouldn't be hearing the ministers. For example, if I ask you, the Minister of Agriculture in Shagari's second tenure before the coup was um, was um, was um, what, what do you call it? It was initiated by those that plotted the coup, Shaga and Buhari and the rest. Maybe you would have to think deep or of Google. Course, yeah. Do you understand? But when I ask you who was the president of Nigeria between 1979 to 1983, the answer is just going to be straight. Al-Haji Ali Shagari. So sometimes, yes, they help you achieve your goal. But when the government fails, nobody remembers them. When it succeeds, nobody remembers them. Do you know that NAPEP was um, initiated by certain persons and was given to Wasanjo initiated it? You know that civil defense was created by some people and they were voluntary organizations before Obas and Jonah made them a gazette as a security outfit? Do you know that um, the ICPC and EFCC, Obas and Jonah made them what they are today? It is somebody's idea. Let's but because of the implementation, because it was implemented during his regime, you will associate all the successes to him and all the failures to him. For me, I feel Nigerians need to know the depth of their candidates those they will vote for. They need to have um, first-hand information. They need to know whether you are knowledgeable about our issues or not. We are going to give you a mandate. We are going to give you what is called in Hausa Amana of this country. This country has been bruised by malgovernance, by maladministration, especially by the party that they said is Uhuru. If you remember in campaigns, while Buhari was campaigning, Bola Tinibu was speaking. Why will Bola Tinibu be contesting and be keeping mute? But Bola Tinibu spoke and said... Four years course was going to be four years. You know the issue today. You just know when ASU resumed and they're even threatening to go on strike again. Let's, let's uh, come back to Plateau State. Talk about the new recruitment you know, in civil, uh, civil service in Plateau State. Uh, well, some time ago, uh, people who are looking for a job you know, with the government purchase forms. I think it was 1,000 or 500. You know, 500. 500. And Gilbert, you know, went to where they were supposed yeah. to write the aptitude test. I did cover the whole Yeah, procedure. but nothing was, I mean, they told people to go and come back the following day, but uh, nothing, nothing know, has happened. been heard. Again. Uh, but what we heard right now is that there's ongoing recruitment. You know, the government is recruiting. It Plateau State government. Talk to us about that. And it's not only in Plateau State. You find, you know, in some state where the governors are exiting uh, <laughs> and they are, you know, recruiting. Talk to us about that. In the entire lifespan of the government of um, Ocean State, for example, the governor only employed about 4,000 persons. But when he was exiting, he now redoubled the number. 
He now tripled the number to 12,000. Mm -hmm. Thank God when Governor D Jackson or um, Nuruddin Adeleke came in, mm -hmm. the first day he sacked all of them. You can't be using recruitment, employment for political gains. You can't be bringing your stooges, those that are subservient to you, your cronies, those from your senatorial district, because you want to become a senator. Then you, 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 you disturb the civil service with them. Those that are working, are you, are you paying them? Have you been paying them? Do we need more hands in the civil service? Is it for political aggrandizement? Is it for your selfish political gains? Is it because you think your party is coming on board so you need to fill in a lot of persons so that when they say um, civil servants are going to become returning agents, um, RAC, they are going to become polling units agents so that you fill in your people? Is it in the interest of Plato? Are we, are, so are we not bulging? The, uh, intent, but again, giving someone job is good. We no, it's very, very important, sir. Yeah. When we, when, you, you know, we have, we, have, we have unemployment and we have underemployment. That is what is happening in Nigeria. So when you're employing people, it should be because there is a need for it, not because of your political aggrandizement. You are giving your candidates the opportunity so that the people will say, he gave me a job. It's not your father's job. It's Plato's state job. Why didn't you give us in the uh, ab issue? Why do you have to wait until five months to, to exit in? They are giving people jobs. You want the next governor to come and have an overbloated civil service? You want um, us to continue the narrative that Plato is a civil service state? My dear friends, you know, people shouldn't just um, wake up one day because they want to um, score political goals, because they, they, their party is losing it, because their party has nothing to offer and say they want to give jobs. I ask. I have text messages in my phone. You can confirm. After five, four months, people get pay, being paid once. Civil servants, are, are, they want to turn civil servants to habitual beggars. These are people that are working hard. You've not paid them. You want to bring more people so that you have a, a, a civil service that is um, over bloated, a civil service that has this bulge. We have youth bulge. Create avenues. Some of our youths are survivors. They can survive on their own. All you need to do is to make our environment secured. All you need to do is to give us electricity. All you need to do is to create a conducive environment. Once that is um, on ground, the youth wouldn't be the, the youth wouldn't go for those things. For example, you hear Alasan Adodogwa abusing people and saying they must vote for them. Let me shock you, Ponsak. They are bosses. His bosses. In case, in case you do not know, Alasan Adodogwa is the longest serving National Assembly member in Nigeria. Yeah. He was a National Assembly member in 1992 before the military came in. So from 1999 till date, if not for the rerun that was done in Dogua Tidungwada Federal Constituency, that he brought his wife to the chamber and said he's a powerful man. You can see even from my wives. Some of the things, that, like I always say, we like to minor the major and major the minor. The people who recruit to be our leaders, you cannot stand before a mirror as a monkey and be seen a gorilla. The monkey and the gorilla may act like one, but the monkey is monkey, the gorilla, gorilla. Baboon too differently. For Hausa, maybe for lack of name, you can call them Bri and Gogo alone, but you know, Ape, Orangutan, Chimpanzee, plenty names. So we have such persons in our political uh, atmosphere, in our political landscape. Let's know who are the baboons, who are the monkeys. That is why sometimes they will tell you that Karejini, Burijini, we don't know which one is the monkey, which one is the baboon now, because all of us have seen blood. I don't know whether we are standing with the baboons or the monkeys. Sincerely speaking, if you want to employ people on the plateau, in which ministries are you employing them? Do we, have, do we have issues why you need to bring in people or you just want to satisfy your political you just want to satisfy your political um, party? You just want to satisfy your cronies, your stooges, your political apologies. 
I think there is a need for people to ask critical questions. We shouldn't just allow things to flow like that. Yes, employment is very key. But what happened that from, 19, from 2015, when this government came into power, how many people have they employed? Okay. Which well, agency, ministry and department do we need um, more, um, what do you call it, manpower? Let me take you uh, back to Chetham House. Um, unfortunately, Tungzumbarede is not here um, for obvious reasons that we're fully aware of. But let me direct this at you, Honorable Musa Ashams. Um, you have Wale Edun answering a question that has to do with <coughs> finance. When Ashwadu himself is a chartered accountant, a specialist in accounting, and then you have Nasir, Governor Nasir El Rufai, who states has been ravaged seriously by, by the challenges of insecurity, answering questions that have to do with defense and security. Is this uh, giving us a clue as to what the cabinet of Ashwaju Bolagman Chinubu <laughs> would be? And what are the, some of the fears that Nigerians should have? And what are some of the advantages we can take from that sort of delegation of duty in what may well just be like a shadow cabinet? Um, it's, it's quite pathetic. And um, it tells you that um, this is a, a comedy of errors and it's the beginning of the end of the Association of Power Seekers and Jobbers. All they do these days is they want to convince Nigerians or confuse Nigerians, if I may use the word. For example, Erufa is a quantity surveyor. Kaduna State is one of those states that has been ravaged by this insecurity. And Saru, in some local governments in Bernangwari, I was on TV where the chairman of Bernangwari Development Association was saying, bandits will stay on the road and take tax. And if you, if you, if you give them money, you never cross over. They had checkpoints in Kaduna State. And today you are making Arufai to be the one to speak about security. It is the same Arufai that said he went all the way to Niger Republic to pay Nigerians so that they don't kill Southern Kaduna people. It is the same Arufai that, um, <laughs> that has displayed arrogance, power, political arrogance to Nigerians. You are bringing him to talk about security. Do you think the man in Southern Kaduna, the man in, in, in Duhan, will be comfortable when he sees Arufai speaking about um, security? Tinibu, just like some products, has his expiry dates. He was a very wonderful um, chartered accountant. But like I said, there is an end to litigation. Even life has an end. So his um, days, days that he was very active intellectually, have gone past. So it's important that he knows and says, okay, because of what has happened to me, and ill health is one of those things that will make you relinquish power in Nigeria constitutionally. I think... It is not late for him to say, sorry, Nigerians, I would have been a good and better president if it were last eight years, if it were last 12 years. But now this is 2023, and your issues, our issues are, are digital, and my mind is analog. I cannot handle them, so permit me to go. Chatham House was a disgrace. Chatham House was a colossal display of ineptitude. How would you on God's earth go to, all the way to UK when you have avoided all debates in Nigeria? Do you know the number of media houses we have in Nigeria? That, that, that brings me to the qu next question. What is this penchant with our leaders for speaking with the foreign media and avoiding to speak with Nigerian press? Because this is worrisome and it's something that as a president, I don't think it's, it's just tasteless, Honorable Gil Musa. Gilbert, if you say I will continue from where Ponsak stops, it means you'll be doing Nigeria sunset from five to six. In some of his promises, he said he was going to continue from where Buhari stopped. Most most of the statements Buhari made about Nigeria were made outside this country. 
He doesn't speak to us when we have issues. After the flooding that ravaged all of, uh, almost every part of Nigeria, north, central, northeast, northwest, south, south, southeast, southwest, he hasn't gone anywhere to go to speak to them, to empathize with them. The only problem they have is Sadia Umar's husband is contesting for governorship in Bauchi. So they will take wheat, rice, beans to Bauchi to support him in his, governor, in his governorship campaign. They are just taking Nigerians for a ride. And Nigerians have the opportunity to right this wrong. Beavers is going to help us. It's not going to be like it used to be in the past. So people should stand up and address these issues. Like I say, you are recruiting these people. If they don't do it, fire them. You are, you've hired them, fire them. The, the power to hire and fire is in your hands. They said he wasn't going to speak to Nigerians. That's what the campaign council said. That he is not going to be part of any debate. Arise TV had his debate. He didn't speak to them. He went to Chatham House thinking that he was going to even address the issues there. He started delegating issues. Sorry, sir. There must, things, there must be things that you will do by yourself. There must be things that you, uh, you, you will um, delegate others to do for you. But as it stands, when you're contesting the presidency of Nigeria, we wouldn't want you to come and say, it's everybody that said so, not me. Let's hear you talk. Address security issues. Address the out of, out of school, um, the number of, out of school children we have in Nigeria. Address, you, that's why you can see if you go to the southeast, you hear Ebibuyagu. You go to um, the southwest, you hear the, the Omoteku. You go to, if not because of something, in the north, they wanted to do Shege Kafasa or something like that. So people are now taking security uh, as their own personal duty. Yes, it's important that you do that. But the sole responsibility of governance, according to our grand norm, which is the Constitution of the Federal Republic of Nigeria, 1999 as amended, the primary, in case they do not know what primary is, let them go and check your children that are in primary school. To tell you that at the toddler level, the first thing you should do is to give welfare and the security and welfare of the people. So if once that is, um, once that is, um, is um, that once that um, overpowers you, there's no point being in government. The, uh, a lady who um, threw one question at them, but I would like for you to address this on a general note. Uh, she says she made references to diaspora remittances and how um, they've been disenfranchised despite paying what they pay or meeting what they remit to the Nigerian um, government's coffers. Um, how serious or not should we be taking these issues? Because there's been so much that um, has been said about Nigerians in the diaspora voting. But um, he, in his address to that, of that question, he said, we're still dealing with a lot of things, and he himself has no confidence that INEC would deliver on some of the mandates that they have said. He did make mention of that. How well, how serious should we take this, and how cumbersome is it? Perhaps INEC wants to initiate that process. Um, we, we are happy that um, we have taken some steps so far. That's why people will not just vote like they used to in the past. As INEC is even displaying its register, if you have observations, if you have questions, you can raise them. That is why, for example, you found out that there are about 84,000 persons on the plateau who are not supposed to make the register that are in the register. It's a gradual process. And let me be honest with you, I'm not going to speak politically. You know, the diaspora remittance is one of the things that is the main bane of this economy. They bring in dollars, they bring in a lot of stuff. The only problem we have is that we do not take out. It would have balanced the equation, balance of trade. But, sir, if you check the number of persons abroad, the diaspora population, you know where they come from, most of them. So the, the, the Nigerian state, with the way it is skewing its, thing, uh, its things, it wouldn't want those votes to come because it's going to be blocked. It's going to go one way. They know. Most people that live outside Nigeria are only concerned about development. They're not about concerned about Muslim, Muslim, Christian, Christian. 
what they want is demand that will make Nigeria habitable for them. So it's so a thing of come, intent. Yes, of course, to a large extent. Countries that are smaller than Nigeria have their sort of voting. Countries that do not have the kind of economy we have. We claim that we are the largest country in the world and all of that. It will shock you to know that in the, ne in by 20, in the next 25 years, Nigeria is going to be the fourth largest country in the world. After, after China, India, Pakistan, you're going to have Nigeria. It's going to overpass America with the way we are giving birth. So we need to arrange an atmosphere, an ambience, that when they come back home, they will enjoy. For example, when you come home and they kidnap you, how would you feel? If you go back, you wouldn't come back again. That's why you find um, Jarawa, Canadians, Bureau Americans, Yoruba Americans, whatever you want to call them, whether you call them African Americans or the rest. The, but it doesn't change the fact that they are from here. It doesn't change the fact that their ancestry is um, rooted here. So it's very, very important that um, we begin to look at those things dispassionately. Governance, like I always say, you have to tear your heart. You have to break your heart. You have to open all your heart to embrace a lot of things that ordinarily the, the bias you wouldn't go with. But because it is what we're going to bring Uhuru, it is what is going to bring um, Suko to the masses, to Nigerians, to the electorates, to the citizens, you should do it, even if it is against your wish and um, will and caprices. But sometimes we sit down and design how Nigeria is going to work, to work against other Nigerians, to work for us. But it, it, there should be an equilibrium. Yeah. Well, let's uh, open the conversation. In case just tuning, we've been having a chat with Musa Shams. A lot of uh, things that we've uh, talked about. Uh, you can join the conversation. We'd love to hear from you. 090-5566-6699 or you call 081-2187-7777. Gilbert. On Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash jfmlife and on Twitter, we are jfmjoss. Before calling, you have to turn down the volume of your radio or you turn it off completely and then you tell us your name and where you are calling from. Let's take the first call. Hello and good evening. Thank you for calling. A very good evening to you, Professor Fanab. Good evening. Thank you for calling. Join the conversation. Tell us your name, please. Thank you very much. I want to greet uh, the guest, Honorable Musa Ashwam. You know, Musa Ashwam uh, educates so very many people. One, he's on air. God bless you, my brother. Amen. Well, you see, uh, I, 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 I want to know uh, what will APC, what, did, what, what they didn't say that they want to tell Nigeria today. <laughs> What what is it that they forgot to tell Nigerians 2015 that they want to tell us today? Because all what all their promises, none of it is put into reality. What are they going to tell Nigerians? That is the fundamental question that every Nigerian should ask himself. Yes, and you know this administration read, read, read this country as a loneless society. I'm telling you. And the administration of uh, President Mohamed Buhari. And in the constitution of the Federal Republic of Nigeria, 1999 constitution, Mr. President is not supposed to be the uh, minister of the petroleum. Petrol. But he is today somebody that doesn't have the capacity to, to know what is happening in the country. And the main economic scale of the country is the same person handling it. That is why we are not getting this right, Mr. Ponsar. So I, I want to ask Nigerian youth, let us be very, very careful. No what? Collect your money. They thought they are going to secure their vote, like how they secured their ticket. Delegate is different from the secondary election. May God rescue us from this unwanted leadership. Thank you very much. Thank you for calling. Do have a Thank good you. evening. Thank you. More phone calls on the show. Hello and good evening. Good evening, sir. Thank you for calling. Join the conversation. Tell us your name, please. Yeah, my, my name is Bala Mohamed from Friday. 
Go ahead. Thank you for calling, sir. We're listening. Yeah, please. Uh, honestly speaking, for uh, Musa Shams, uh, I will say, I'm very sorry. Don't say that I'm abusing you. Don't abuse. Honestly speaking, God created a man in you. And to me, I will say that God created everything before creating you personally. And I'm telling you, because of all the conversation you are saying, well, you said something about the gorilla and the monkey may claim oneness, but the gorilla is gorilla. The monkey is monkey. So also we are having bad people and good people. All of us are people. And let me tell you something. The truth is, when the truck in front fall into a pit, others behind take caution. It is left for us now to take caution. Either we like it or not. And the truth is this. If somebody will open his mouth and promise us and he did not fulfill it, what of the one that refused to open his mouth and promise us what he will do? <laughs> How can we hold him accountable? You will delegate somebody to speak and at the end of the day, you will say that you are not the one that said it. So to me, they are playing with our senses. How are we? Have one said something here? Honestly speaking, this country is going to a dimension that if you're not, if you're not careful, you will not find it easy in time to come. I'm very, very okay with your conversation. Honestly speaking, well, thank you. Musa Ashams, you are very okay. Thank you. Thank you for calling. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Let's take uh, more phone calls. Hello. Hello. Oh, we got to you late. Hello. What's going on? 08121. Eight seven 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 seven, or you call zero nine zero five five six 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 nine nine. Before calling, please turn down the volume of your radio, or I'll turn it off completely. Hello, good evening. Thank you for calling. Good evening. Thank you for calling. Join the conversation, please. Good evening, my brother. I'm Pastor calling from Refuge. Well, listening. Thanks for uh, calling. You see, one thing I have to tell Nigerians: if we are indeed tired with the kind of crop of leaders that have emerged before now and that have put uh, the citizens of this country to the mess that we are seeing. And if you watch, sometimes when you move around and hear the thoughts of the youth and how they speak, even uh, speak on behalf of those who put us at this mess, you, you, you ask yourself, like a songwriter we say, which way Nigeria? The truth here is that are we tired with what is going through us and what is happening to us as a nation? It's a very serious disgrace what we watch happen there. In that interview, or whatever anybody can call it, it's a method of showing or saying to Nigerians that our giant sense of whatever we have placed ourselves are being messed up by the kind of crop of leaders that have emerged, like Tunumbus and Co., who make Nigerians to look so... I don't want to use wrong words in, on air. But, but, but here is the truth, that when I travel recently, from south, south, southwest to southeast, from Middle Belt, I was seeking for the presence of government and governance from this administration. I didn't see any. And I, 
I begin to have meetings with some youths and some places. I discover that, you see, before now we use our PVCs to go um, for, for banking and transaction for business and this thing. Let me tell you, some youths are ready to change these anomalies. And I want other youth that are reasoning. Yeah, well, rub up your thoughts. Rub, yeah, rub up your thoughts, sir. Yeah, yes, let's wrap up with this. But join the, the move that is already on ground. There is something I heard that is very sensitive. That the, the imaginary move, there is somebody who wants to change that trend. That everyone that is of imaginary will be paid. Thank you, thank you. Th thank you. This is the march you take. Thank you. This is the march you take. Thank you, thank you. Thank you very much. Please, if you call, just uh, go straight to the point, please. Uh, Gilbert, take us through social media, please. Dimas Balai is saying on Facebook that by all standards, Tinubu is not fit to be the president of this country. Really unfortunate that he can't answer questions for himself. Instead, he delegates people to answer for him. Stanley S. is saying, I'm pleading on everyone that registered for their PVC to go and collect their cards. When INEX starts giving out the cards, we are obediently going to vote wisely and no amount of threat would scare us from not doing the needful or from doing the needful. You intend to say that was longer as that was saying. The collection of PVC by the people of Plachi State is a welcome development that shows that the citizens are tired of suffering from bad governance and insecurity. Felkuka Factors go on is saying, good evening, Ponsak and Gilbert. All these politicians are just confusing people. The money they have to be jumping from one cut to another should be shared to the poor. Albert Akaya Dagza is saying, the rate of political consciousness and awareness that is resonating among Nigerians is an indicator of how speedy our polity and democracy is growing. A lot of our elites and seeming kingmakers who decide who gets what in our country will be surprised with the transformation of events come 2023 elections. Good evening and God bless my country, Nigeria. Peter Agnes is saying, good evening, Mr. Ponsak and Gilbert. I'm not yet satisfied with the PVC collection. Um, people should please go and collect their PVCs because it's their right. For the presidential candidates, I'm really impressed with them, but let Nigerians shine their eyes and vote the right candidates. Let's obediently eradicate the bad eggs among the good ones with our PVCs available. Badung Theophilus Thomas is saying, good evening, Ponsak and Gilbert. I encourage those that haven't collected their PVCs to do that now because this is the right time and it's their rights. For the presidential candidates, they can do whatever they want, but I only know where I belong and I always pray to God to show the right path. May God bless you all and bless you too. Olan Rewaju Barry says, Good evening, guys. The collection of PVC in Joss is not commendable. I wonder what the NOA is doing about passing critical information to Nigerians. Every politician will sell their lives to us in the process of trying to woo us. I just wish Nigerians, okay, Nigeria will be better in 2023. God bless Nigeria. Izang Asi is saying, good evening, Sunset, with a great guest in the house. I just want to let people know that Lalong wasn't with Tinubu's team during APC primaries. I guess that's why things are going somehow with the APC campaign. Electorates, let's open our eyes and vote wisely come 2023. Beatrice Yusuf Gia is saying, one thing to register for it's one thing to register for our PVCs. It's another thing to collect it. And above them all, it's another thing to come out for the election. Therefore, I'm urging all the people that tried and registered to try and do the necessary thing they ought to do. Isa Ishak says, Tinubu is a failure to Nigerians because APC failed us. Buhari failed us. How can we trust them again? Hapsin Manasseh says, Good evening, Ponsak and Gilbert. I think it's high time we, the electorate, 
should open our eyes with these deceitful politicians who are after power and not the interests of people at heart. Yaxmillian Dukum Joe says, Good evening, J. Media crew. Truth be told, sir, the Nigerian state is still not interested in growth and development with technological advancement. Gloria Sebastian says, It is our collective duty and right to vote. So please go and collect your PVC to ensure that you exercise your franchise. Gobatan God Senior says, Good evening, Mr. P and G. We urge our dear brothers and sisters to go and collect their PVCs. Nen Talk Nen King says, Hello, good evening, Mr. Gilbert and Ponsak. The APC presidential candidate disgraced Nigerians in Chatham House. Someone that wants to be a president of a great country like Nigeria can't respond to simple questions that he has to assign to others to answer. Um, come on, Nigerians, let's not go back to Egypt. Godwin Sule says, Good evening, Jay, Mr. Ponsak, Gilbert, and the guests in the house. My issue is that um, people... All right, all right. Can't make that out, but thank you. All the same, Julius Achigak Igama says, For me, I think the presidential candidate of the Labour Party can offer something good and better if elected president come 2023. Ambassador Joachim Joseph Dung is saying, My, my PVC is ready, and I urge all Plateau youths who are yet to collect theirs to ensure they do so in order to have the right people voted across political parties. God bless Nigeria. Nuruddin Ibrahim Mohammed is saying, Good evening, presenters and Honorable Musa, Musa Ashams, Media and Protocol. Well, the system is somehow manipulated already. Just keep on praying for good leaders from Gashish. He said, Nasir Dan Baba is saying, Please, are they distributing and how do I collect mine? All right, well, uh, let's squeeze in this phone call and then uh, Musa will give us his responses. Hello. Hello, Mr. Ponsa. Good evening. Thank you for calling. Good evening. Yeah, we're listening. Thanks for calling, sir. Please, you have one minute because we're running out of time. Hello, I think uh, we lost connection with Comrade Bernard there. Well, Musa Shams, you you give us your final word. Um, I'm happy with and respond the, to the comments that you. Yes, heard. I'm happy with the level of awareness that our people are getting. People are telling people to go get their PVCs because it's very very important. When you have the chance to tell Nigerians that you are a local, you should also create the chance to tell them when you are the local, these are the things you will do. So you cannot be dodging the media because it's the medium where people have access to hearing your manifesto, whether they are beautiful, whether to say they will accept or not. You cannot just wear that cap that looks like, um, um, what do you call this, eye, and go to Chatham House and look beautiful and take Nigerians to London and you will not address our issues. If you want to be our president, you must address us. If you want to be our leader, you must address us. I was at um, Just East, where somebody was saying thank you to people that voted him into power. And he's saying that there should be a room for debate so that other candidates too can come out and say what they want to do. You know, in Nigeria, if you become a president, does that mean that you're not going to be briefing us on the security situation in our country? You're not going to be briefing us on the economic situation in our country? 
So you mean you're going to delegate people to be our presidents? We want the president that will own up. The president that will say, I'm sorry, this cannot be achieved. I'm happy I have achieved this. So you cannot fold your arms and begin to give people responsibility from day one. Yeah. You should be able to tell us. You should be able to exp express yourself. You should be able to expose the ills in governance that you want to address. Little wonder he said he's going to continue from where Mahmoud Buhari stopped. Wow. It means if he's going to continue from where Mahmoud Buhari stopped, it means... For example, fertilizer from 2.5 is going to become 30,000 naira. It means rice from 8.5 is going to become 40,000 naira. So from 40, if he's going to, he's going to make it 80,000. Fertilizer from 30, he's going to make it 60. Well, Asu that. strike from 8 months is going to make it 16 months, and well. we'll lose it out. Thank you very much, uh, Honorable Musa Shams, for coming. Really interesting conversation with you. Uh, Gilbert, your final uh, word. Yeah, quickly, Ponsak. Um, I don't know how Nigerians will cope with what I'm just seeing, um, that the CBN has released new policies on cash withdrawals. And it's really tough. 100,000 naira and 500,000 naira weekly limit for personal and corporate accounts. Well, the policies, I'm sure people will get to understand in the next few days. Um, but and they have AK9 Naira notes alone would be loaded highest. into ATM. Highest. <laughs> I mean, that's that's We'll really take them out of power and people will have access to their resources. Well, people didn't steal. You stole money and you want people not to have access it's to their own? It's going to be really tough. Really tough. <laughs> AK9 trained passenger victims are requesting for compensation from the federal government. Will that be or not? Good evening to our listener. Well, good evening. Uh, I would like to wish a happy belated birthday to my big brother, Nanshal John, Barrison Nanshal John. Uh, yesterday was his birthday, but I got to saw uh, the birthday today. Uh, you know, I'm always behind when it comes to anything <laughs> social media. Uh, until the whole drama happens, then I get to know uh, a day after. So happy birthday to you, Barrison Nanshal John. Happy belat uh, belated birthday. My name is Ponsak Fan Abdul. Have a good evening. Thank you, Musa Shams, for coming. Thank the news will come your way. Top of the hour, 6 o'clock by now. This is Radio 101.9. <laughs> 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 <laughs>